0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. Mario Descari plodded rather wearily along the edge of his north field on the way back to the farmhouse. He'd been working hard since before sunup and he was hot and weary. The house sat at the top of a slight incline and when he reached Carla's kitchen garden, Mario stopped and looked back at his land. His expression was one of quiet pride as his eyes swept the rich earth which was his, to work in, to feed, and to be fed by. As he started around the screen porch, which opened off the summer kitchen, he heard his wife's voice from within.
1: I hoped you'd be along soon. It's been so hot today. Ah, yeah. Never mind, dear. I made a cake, and there's some cider. Do you want to wash out there? Then we can sit down under the tree for a while. Okay. There's a clean towel on the clothesline. I'll be right out, Mario. (laughs) <laughs> oh, now you'll feel better. Oh,
2: sure feels good to get your head wet.
1: <laughs> I love the way your hair all curls like that when it's damp.
2: Oh, I should think you'd be used to it by this time.
1: That's the funny thing. I never get used to anything about you.
2: Nothing, Carla?
1: Nothing, Mario. It's always as if I were seeing you for the first time.
0: Well, Good. <laughs>
1: Now, come out in front. I got everything ready. You can sit down and take it easy for a while before you go to town.
2: Oh, this swell, Carl Boy, what a difference.
1: From the army?
2: Yeah. You get back to camp, so Beach can hardly lift one foot after another. Take a drink out of your canteen. Did you ever taste warm water from an army canteen?
1: <laughs> you know I didn't.
2: It sure has a funny taste, baby. I don't know how to say it, but all you can say for it is... It's wet.
1: Never mind, Mario. You're home now. You'll never have to go away again.
2: I hope to tell you I won't.
1: At least no further than Wakefield or Huntsville.
2: Oh, I wish I didn't even have to go that far today.
1: But we need groceries.
2: (laughs) You got the list ready, baby? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And, Mario, you won't forget the sugar, will you? I want to make some jam. Okay. And, Mario, there's something else.
2: Oh, now, don't tell me I have to go into one of those stores for dames to buy a ribbon or something. Uh, <laughs> it makes me feel like a sister.
1: No, no, nothing like that today. But suppose we had a baby, Mario. There'd be lots of funny things you'd have to buy for me.
2: If we had a baby, that would be different. I wouldn't mind. Oh, if we did.
1: We will, Mario. you wait.
2: Yeah, but when?
1: Be patient, Mario. When it's the Lord's will, then we'll have a baby. You'll see. Oh, but anyway, today I have an errand for you.
2: Uh, go ahead. What is it?
1: Oh, uh, we're going to have company tomorrow, Mario.
2: Company? Why didn't you tell me?
1: But I'm telling you now, and I want you to invite our guest.
2: Well, who's it going to be?
1: Mr. Mead.
3: Mr. Mead?
2: How come you want to invite him out here all of a sudden?
1: Why, Mario, it isn't all of a sudden at all. We've been saying we wanted to, and tomorrow seems like a good time. Don't you remember the talk you and I had yesterday on our way home from Wakefield? Sure, I remember. And how you said you were sorry about being so mean, saying such bad things about your friend, and and about me too, Mario.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know.
1: You said you wouldn't be like that anymore. That you knew it was a foolish idea all in your own head.
2: Maybe
3: I did say that, but... So
1: that's why I want you to invite Mr. Mead to dinner. As a penance for you, Mario. That Mr. Calvert—he gave you bad thoughts. But if Mr. Mead comes, we'll all be happy, have a good time, and you'll forget those wrong ideas.
2: Wrong ideas?
1: Oh, now Mario, you know they are. Don't you really? Look at me, Mario. When you look at me, can't you see how much I love you?
0: Well, yes, Carla, baby. I see.
1: Oh, then smile, Mario. It's all right now, isn't it? Tell me.
0: Yes. Yes, it's all right. Seeing her husband's warm boy smile again, the young Italian girl was relieved and happy. But she would have been very much disturbed had she known that Mario's anger had been noted with great satisfaction yesterday by Ben Calvert, that it had given him an idea for a plan of action. Now, as the first step in that plan, Ben enters the cool depths of Smitty's Pool Hall in Wakefield. The man he seeks, the local know-it-all, is there as Ben expected.
2: Hi, Ben. Where have you been keeping yourself lately? Oh, I've been
0: around, Georgie.
2: Golly, it's hot today. Dreadful, Ben. Simply dreadful. You know, this is the kind of weather that really makes me envy the women.
3: Well, Georgie, that's a surprise. Just how do you mean that?
2: Well, they can wear those thin cotton dresses of theirs and be comfortable. And here we are, all bundled up.
3: <laughs> come to think of it, Georgie, you might be quite fetching in a little cotton gown.
2: Oh, now, Ben, that's a fine thing to say.
3: <laughs>
2: but it's really awful up at the Sentinel office. Honestly, sometimes I get so hot I can't even settle down to write my column.
3: So you just quietly come down here to Smitty's and refresh yourself, eh, Georgie? Can you blame me? You no, know, I can't say I do. And well, just to show my sympathy, I'll buy a drink. What'll it be?
2: Say, that's nice of you, Ben. I could stand another root beer.
3: All right. Large coke and a root beer, Jim. Coming
2: enough.
3: All right. Well, Georgie, how's the world been treating you?
2: Well, can't complain too much, Ben.
3: I've been reading that series of yours in the paper. Those interviews with the returning servicemen. Yeah? That they were darn good, too.
2: Here you are, Mr. Calvin. No,
3: thank you, sir. Thank you.
2: Well, glad you like those articles. You know, it's quite a trick interviewing those guys. Most of them don't like to talk about themselves. They get all fidgety when you try to get any information out of them. (laughs) Well,
3: you are the lad who can do it if anyone can. (laughs) I always say if you want to know what's going on in this town, just ask Georgie Stewart. (laughs) You certainly have an ear for gossip, Georgie.
2: Not gossip, Ben. I'd prefer to put it this way. Say, I have a nose for news.
3: (laughs) Well, however you put it. Anyway, those interviews were as fine a thing of their type as I've read anywhere.
2: Well, thanks, Ben.
3: I particularly like the one about what's-his-name, that, uh, discovery boy.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Well, Mario can have a very colorful way of speaking. He's a sensible fellow. Of course, I tried to capture that quality. You know, to give the feeling of his Italian background.
3: You did, Georgie. You got it.
2: Well, Ben, I'm certainly flattered that you liked it.
3: Yes, what you said about the way he felt about being home. The things he found here. And I guess he found plenty of surprises waiting for him, eh, Georgie? But, of course, you could hardly print that. Hmm? Oh, you know what I mean about the scurries while, uh What do you mean? Maybe you don't know. I assumed everybody did. Oh, well, skip it, Georgie.
2: What is this? You can tell me, Ben.
3: Well, it's just a rumor, I guess. I don't know that it's true. Yes. Look, I like Mario. What? You... Won't let this go any further?
2: You know me, Ben. Of course not.
3: Now, mind you, this is just hearsay. But from what I hear, uh, The Scarry just got back from overseas in time.
2: No. You mean his wife?
3: Well, she's a very good-looking girl, you know.
2: Well, what about her? You don't mean to say that she... No.
3: The fact is, they say that she and Bill Mead are a whole lot more friendly than the Scarry likes. And that he's pretty sore about it. That is, according to the story I heard...
2: You don't say. Well, I'll be darned. That is news.
3: Of course, I don't know how much truth there is in it, but, well, that's what I heard.
2: Hmm. Oh, you never know, do you? To look at that gal, you'd say butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. And Bill Meade... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ben, I forgot. He he was married to your daughter.
3: That's why I know Bill Meade better than most people. It wouldn't surprise me at all, from what I know of him. On the other hand, you'd better keep the story under your hat. I... Maybe talking out of turn.
2: Oh, you can depend on me, Ben. I won't say a word.
0: Ben Calvert looked at the thin, graying little chap with secret amusement. Georgie Stewart was notorious all over town as a man who was absolutely incapable of keeping any sort of secret. Ben knew very well he could depend on his rumors spreading within an hour, passing from one person to the next, each time with a little more exaggeration. Yes, Ben thought with satisfaction as he walked back to his office. For this afternoon's work, he could certainly put down the words, Mission Accomplished.